welcome to yet another episode of When a Guy Has a Really Fucked Gender. Um, I'm joined this week by Jay. Jay, would you like to say hello to the audience? Hello, my name is Jay, or Catboy Collector, or Trans <laughs> underscore Catboy on Twitter. <laughs> we, we're, we're, we're laughing because we were just talking about um, people addressing <laughs> you by your screen name. <laughs> people calling uh, me... I, Going to TwitchCon one year and people just everybody calling me Catboy was like harrowing. <laughs> I'm I'm deeply sorry, but uh... <laughs> I chose this. I it's it's all worth it for the like perfect screen name. So, how would you describe your gender? I would describe it as facing the world. I appear to be a trans man, and like you know. I guess a pretty passing one or something, but internally, I do not regard myself as a man whatsoever. In fact, I relate more to the uh, fictional concept of a male Omega in Omegaverse than I do any actual person gender. And I have reasons for this, I promise. <laughs> well, this is this is going to be, yeah, so I guess this is... <laughs> I'm surprised it took us this long to do an Omegaverse episode, um, considering this yeah, is I was, like a... I scrolled through all of them. Yeah. I was it's... like, is there really none? <laughs> like, yeah, am I, don't I really think... the only person like this? <laughs> I honestly don't think it's ever come up on the podcast, which is really surprising to me because it's definitely like... Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not something that's like not... I've definitely had conversations privately question mark with um guests yeah. before about omegaverse stuff but i don't think i've ever yeah i don't think i've ever talked about omegaverse on the podcast um but for the Whoa. for the audience who <laughs> i assume some of whom have no idea what the fuck we're talking about what is it might omegaverse? it might also be known as abo but that is falling out of use because that when said as a word is a slur for aboriginal australians so we're all just saying omegaverse now Okay. Um, I actually it refers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I just say I didn't know that that was a a a a thing. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely you gotta be in like the Omegaverse community <laughs> to know about it. Oh yeah. God! Sorry, I'm cringing at myself. Okay. This is like, horribly <laughs> embarrassing to talk about, but honestly, it's it's really interesting, and it's like one of my oldest interests, so I have to. Okay. Um, so what? But, so what is what is Omegaverse? Omegaverse is essentially like a fictional subgenre of like well did it come from werewolf fiction or did Omegaverse come from like Japanese just like there's there's a lot of Omegaverse manga out there. Yeah. Well yeah, yeah specifically to be honest. Yeah, well, there's both um, there's both manga and then manhwa. I've I've seen oh, some, yeah. which is the uh, Korean sort of um, mm -hmm. equivalent. Um, there's definitely I've seen. Honestly, I feel like I've seen more um, manhwa than manga. Um, that's doing like uh, Omegaverse stuff. But yeah. there's um, a lot of the um, the wiki on it uh, talks about the like sources a lot of like japanese sources on uh like the definitions of omegaverse and stuff um or i guess it got a little bit more fleshed out once it left like i don't know 
I, I do think it came from like werewolf erotica. I really well, do. It, because that's the whole thing, right? Well, <laughs> I think it's a bit Omega. Yeah, um, it's like that of, fake study. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the bad wolf science. Um, yeah, bad wolf science, but like um, it was accidentally too hot and people latched onto it. Um, well, it's like it's like I think a sort of combination. I mean, I I know like um, I've seen people talk about like uh, precursors in the form of like um, pre- things previously talked about on this podcast, like uh, Ursula Le Guin's uh, fiction, oh, yeah. um, or like uh, specifically like Star Trek um, fanzines. Like uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you have any like trek knowledge but the vulcans have like i a only seven... know like fandom knowledge of it to be okay honest. so like so yeah the vulcans have like a seven-year mating cycle where like once every yeah, seven I know years about that. <laughs> yeah they go like they go like erotically crazy and they have to fuck and everyone's like what if you or know kirk... die. <laughs> what if kirk and spock were all alone and it was pawn far and you know what, like what, in what the happen? in the show right they had like <laughs> They had them fight, and that satisfied the mating instinct. <laughs> what, like, hello? Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. But yeah, that um, that and like the bad wolf science thing seem to be the like most clear origins of this. Yeah, but, but so, so so what actually is it though? It's like a set of shared tropes, I guess. They're sort of like yeah. It's but what what is the to Explain me, this. at least, so it's, it means different things to different people. A lot of the people that like it, like it for a specific reason. Like, some people like the, like, the connection aspect of it. Like, like the instinctual caring about other people in a certain way. Or, like, family aspects to it. There's a lot of, like, safer work Omegaverse content out there. Like, a lot, actually. That's um, actually very people... surprising. <laughs> <laughs> you, I could I could literally like look it up on AO3 right now. There's like hundreds of thousands of works that are within the safer work category that are Omegaverse. Okay. Um but for other people, it's definitely a sex thing. <laughs> but yeah. it, it usually um it's to me, the way that I see it and the reason that it's sort of a part of my identity in some way, or I guess I relate to it in that way, is it seems like an organization of genders that doesn't really apply perfectly or map perfectly onto what we have. Like, it's a fictional set of, like, genders, essentially, that have, like, different social connotations to them um and like you know (laughs) different different like inclinations based on what gender they are it's essentially like you have a bunch of like instincts that tell you to be this certain way and to me (laughs) that sounds a little gender you know yeah yeah or like the the way i've seen it described sometimes it's like a second you have like the sort of um the like sex system that actually does exist where you have like male Mm -hmm. and female and um stuff like that and then there's like a, a second sex system that's yeah. like secondary sex yeah yeah sec- really? yeah secondary yeah. sex is a term that i think i've seen even within like works um mm-hmm. before like yeah secondary sex uh which is like the the alpha the beta and the omegas um mm-hmm. but i i'm of the personal opinion that 
say, for example, like a male alpha and a male omega, neither of them are comparable to a human, like a normal man. Like they don't occupy the same social roles at all. There's definitely references. And like, there's a lot of social critique within that, but it's often written by trans people, to be honest. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Like we're kind of taking over the genre in some respects, to be honest. That's that's um, not entirely surprising. Um, yeah, I literally I'm the person that changed the uh, Omegaverse Wikipedia page to include male omegas that are just born with vaginas and like no penis. So so what is how what is the secondary? <laughs> this is like a good. Um, yeah. This is a good. Yeah. So what is the secondary? Uh, what what is like the secondary sex system? Like what does that mean? What are the secondary sexes? So essentially, alphas can basically get anyone pregnant in uh in like most conceptualization conceptualizations of Omegaverse, and any Omega can get pregnant. And betas are betas are like people disagree on what they are. Some people <laughs> write betas as just like normal people with no instincts can't even like smell pheromones or whatever because okay pheromones are a big thing um but like can't they're they're just like normal people and like the alphas and omegas are the special ones i think this is boring i think this is lame and i think betas are like able or should be able to occupy any role based on like their partner or their own preference or like things like that okay but but that's the thing about the genre is that it's really personal to everybody's own conceptualization of it. Yeah, it's I mean it's 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 a it's a trope, right? So it's like yeah. or it's a set of tropes. So everyone's going to have their own sort of interpretation and their own flavoring on like what they personally find interesting for storytelling or they find hot for um like jerking off or just sort of like yeah. I don't know, exactly. like erotically considering but um, some <laughs> some major like points of the genre uh that are like pretty ubiquitous across all representations of it are uh mating cycles as in like heat or rut like things like that um and oftentimes people use these um this specific trope as like a way to explore um parts of gender that we're subject to that we deeply dislike uh there's a lot of a lot of dysphoria um or i guess dysphoric language in uh in a lot of these that's like very clear to a lot of trans people that read it but to cis people that read it it's just like oh that's like a period it sucks (laughs) yeah or like yeah it's it seems like a sort of way of exaggerating and like naturalizing desires and like um yeah, just kind of like accelerating that um that sort of um intensifying the animal parts of human is what I would say most people like get out of it, I guess. Okay. That makes or, a lot like, of sense. Ex- exploring the parts of humanity that are less than, you know, polite. <laughs> right. So it is a very like, like it is a genre that is like very sort of interested in like um like sexual violence i feel like is often a big sort of thing oh, yeah. with like the kind of 
yeah, like you said, the sort of like idea of like rot or heat or like, I mean, literally oh, like these sort also, of like like mating bites, things like that are very often used as like as like metaphors for like abuse or like yeah. explorations of domestic violence. Uh, right. Like, so essentially, like a mating bite is like you mark someone by biting a part of their neck, and it essentially ties them to you. Yeah, I know. Like um, a lot of this. <laughs> I know, I know, like a lot of um, Omegaverse stuff is like very connected to like uh, fan fiction tropes about like soulmates or yeah, not necessarily yeah. connected, but there's often like times like overlap or like they sort of take those tropes and create like a uh, Omegaverse versions of them or um, so other sorts the of the soulmates thing I find to be most prevalent in. Um, like the precursors which is werewolf erotica um, right a lot of those are like very much soulmate based like the alpha of the pack realizes his soulmate is a human woman <gasps> you know like things like that <laughs> it's, it's really heavy intrigue you know like okay. it's, it's fun to play with um, interesting but i this was is... reading those when i was like 12 <laughs> <laughs> So okay. it obviously influenced me in some way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I definitely think the soulmates trope is sick as fuck, but, like, it's not realistic at all. <laughs> right. Okay, that's fascinating. Ugh, I wish that I'd... Um, I'm kicking myself now for not... Um, so there's a... It's actually... We, we've talked about it before on the podcast because it's one of my favorite short stories. There's a... Um, there's an Ursula Le Guin short story that's like uh, sometimes cited as, or well, so it's a novel that the short story is like based on mm. is sometimes cited as like a precursor to uh, Omega verse stuff. And I don't actually, I actually really don't really care for the novel, but um, I really <laughs> love the, uh, I really, really love the short story. I think it's really amazing. Um, I but it, well, I mean I have to read it then. I, yeah, I, think, so it's, it's, I think I told you this, but I've never read any of Leguine. Yeah, she's really cool. I really love I really love her. Um, the uh, short story is Coming of Age in Carhide. Um, it's like, uh, like I said, it's come up on the podcast before, so I won't spend too much time on it. But like, um, mm -hmm. the sort of shtick is like. Um, it's this like planet where humans are androgynous most of the time, but then like once a month they have like a sort of basically like a heat cycle where they yeah. um will sexuate into like either male or female form for like two or three days and they'll just like be really horny and um they like ha it's it's like a very sort of like it's it's very reminiscent of like the pond far from like a uh, Star Trek mm -hmm. where it's like if they don't fuck, they can like die or like go crazy. Those that's also in a lot of uh, Omega verse, like yeah, uh, the 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 fucker die thing. So like a lot of the time, that's written as like an Omega has been taking heat suppressants for years, and suddenly they stopped working, and their doctor says, "Well, if you don't have a mate this time, then your body will like shut down or something." <laughs> yeah, or like um. Yeah, or like the with like the alphas like rutting or whatever, like Yeah. That's less common, but it's still like definitely a thing. Yeah. But um no, but like on like a sort of um it, I was thinking about like the sort of like themes and like kind of emotional valences that 
uh, that that sort of gets used to explore. Like in Coming of Age at Carhide, there's a character who's like, um, it's like a coming of age story. So it's about these two mm -hmm. characters and like their first time experiencing this uh, like heat cycle. And one of them is like really like does not want to do this and is like this is like horrible. Like I feel like I'm being like jerked around by my body. I'm like barely a person yeah. anymore. Like I hate yeah. this. And it's like a very like interesting sort of like exploration of like I guess like sort of like adolescent uh desire and like fear and uh sex and stuff like that. I don't know. It's like it's a it's a really yeah. cool story. Um I really love it. It's yeah, I wish I'd told you to read it before this, but um, yeah. Oh my god, no, I'm it's like... okay. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. I, I have time some other time. It's fine. No, it's 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 good. We can talk in the DMs about it later or something. But um, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So you, yeah, you, I know. I know we were talking about, or you were talking about werewolf erotica, and I, and I know from talking about you, like or about this stuff with you previously, that that was, like, a big part of your kind of, um, I guess we'll say, like, psychic history. And Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, do you want to, I don't know, I guess, like, explain that to us a little bit. Like, what was your, what was your childhood like? And how did you end up reading Werewolf Erotica? Um, as so, a, I don't know, I don't know how old you were. Um, I was, like, I was 11-ish when okay. I started, like, really reading it. So the thing about me as a youth is that, I was okay so I I'm Texan I grew up in Texas so there's a bit of a purity culture here right and me being me a kid who had undiagnosed autism at the time uh and like very severe ADHD that had me like hyper fixating on certain things all the time I uh after literally after my first sex ed class ever i was like half of that didn't make sense and also like what do you mean by the other half of that so i started researching on my own and i developed my first special interest and it was sex psychology and then that led into fetish psychology and then that led into me finding all kinds of like weird erotic media um and specifically on wattpad i like i was a big reader i had just come out of my like obsession with warrior cats uh as a child and then i moved on to like people because as a child i could not relate to other human beings at all <laughs> frankly i it's a wonder that i didn't end up a furry and i i checked i've checked i worked with furries for years as an artist and i like tried to make a persona and it just did not stick at all <laughs> i just like don't relate to that um but as a kid it definitely showed my uh distaste towards gender in the way that human people like to do it um and i was like obviously struggling with my own identity through like the later years of childhood in the precursor to uh first puberty and then once that hit oh it all went downhill <laughs> i had dysphoria that i didn't understand at all because i didn't understand gender but i did understand bodies and like fiction and tropes and like masculinity and femininity but i like gender itself was confusing to me so i 
happened to latch onto these novels about women who could turn into these kind of masculine, powerful beasts of the night. You know, like okay. that, that was my first thing that I really connected to. It was like, it was a very queered version of what I had grown up with thinking like, oh yeah, wolves are a guy thing. And I was, I was obsessed with wolves as a kid, obviously. <laughs> but it just sort of moved into that direction, especially while I was reading these things, I was convinced that I was a lesbian, by the way. And okay. it was, I was reading this, like, it was straight werewolf romance shit. I was projecting onto women who liked men, but I, like, the idea of dating men in real life was disgusting to me. Like, I only liked being with women, or, like, having little, like, the child but, girlfriends, you know? Like, Yeah, I was gonna say, thing. you're like, yeah, like, this is middle school era stuff, I think, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I did not understand that like I didn't really understand my sexuality until I like figured out my gender like the actually it was literally like I was solidly identifying as a lesbian until three months before I figured it out in those three months I was I spent being a straight girl and I hated it it was so like uncomfortable like identifying that way and I was like okay something's wrong so then I just did the did the whole being a guy thing after that, I guess. Um, but, oh, I don't know if I said, I came out when I was 14. Uh, okay. And I medically transitioned at 16. So obviously I had to present very, very, very binary to get any sort of care at all. Yeah, and this was in Texas, like you said. So I assume yeah. that, that was... It was what, in Texas, what, yeah. What year was this? Was this? Um. Well, I got top surgery in 2018. No, I started T in on December 11th, 2018, and I got um top surgery in early 2019. So both when I was 16 years old. Thank God, honestly. Okay. So like but... a little bit, kind of before things had politicized to quite. Yeah, the I missed. They have in the past couple years. I missed the cutoff of like the Texas CPS uh, trans kid thing by like just a couple years. Like it could have yeah. been me. Like I was yeah. barely an adult by the time that that passed. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was only a couple of years ago. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 21 now, for the record. Right. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's actually kind of funny. During all that time where I was presenting outwardly as a very, very masculine trans man, like I was, I was mogging cis boys left and right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was, I was like lifting back then too. Like I was like muscular and like short hair. Never dyed my hair, by the way. Um, until I was an adult and I was like having fun with it, you know. Um, right. <laughs> But during that time, it was sort of like I was living a double life because at home, I side of the home, I was like the most like masculine presenting, masculine behaving, I guess, trans man at my school. And 
frankly the one the only one that i knew that was that like obsessed with passing and that obsessed with like being read as masculine because i was very i was suicidally dysphoric that's the only other reason that i was able to get treatment as a kid um, were there other trans men at your school or i yeah, guess trans boys I, these are mostly like yeah 14. <laughs> we're talking about high school i um i had yeah <laughs> i um I was in a very, very large school, so there were right. about four or five other trans guys and maybe two trans girls. Everything's um, bigger in Texas, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. But I was, ugh, I, I had such like, I had such weird idiosyncrasies back then because I was like a huge, massive trans medicalist like such a little shit about it um but i got along with other trans guys for the most part but i just like kept that to myself okay but obviously within like a year i talked to a single trans woman on reddit who changed my mind entirely <laughs> because she made a logical argument and i was like okay that's a logical argument okay it was very easy to change my mind in that respect fair enough <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I was sort of like living this double life because I was like at school being the most masculine ever and I would get home and literally be like, like the, the degenerate fag, like, you know, like the yeah. quintessential, like, like ashamed of himself, but like, obviously, <laughs> obviously a little bit too fruity for it to be like, you know coincidental were you had you what were you sort of considering yourself were you like considering yourself gay at this point or oh yeah oh yeah the moment i figured out i was a guy i was like oh that's why i liked straight romance so much because i was projecting onto the women but i do like men i just wanted to be a guy also <laughs> right this sort of romance genre that's like you said it was sort of like very much like um the the werewolf women were kind of like mask very masculine coded. yeah um, and actually over time my preferences for main characters started to shift before my identity shifted like i would start reading um and getting like really fixated on female main characters that were like kind of butch you know before i like decided that that was the direction that i wanted to go in um or like that was what i related to and then it passed a certain point like right before i came out it shifted to gay werewolf werewolf romance just the okay. right before i realized it was like that for like maybe half a year okay um that i was like reading all this yaoi and i was like why am i so upset with this? <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I was kind of hypersexual as a kid, like diagnosable hypersexual, like actual, like impairment of my life because of it, because of it, it was like an escapism thing. So obviously like my connection to these like erotic novels was sort of an extension of that, um, of like my coping with reality. I would just like fantasize about it all day and I would like theorize on like, like how this stuff would work if it was in real life or scientific or something like you know like fictional science um 
right. thinking about that. So I got yeah. really invested in like the genres instead of like getting off to the genres. I actually never really like jerked off to any of this. <laughs> N- like not even once. Okay. It was sort of just like, I mean, it turned me on for sure, but it was just sort of like, you know, interesting. Okay. <laughs> no, fair enough. I understand that. Um, <laughs> the the erotics of the mind or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it just sort of felt at some point I realized it was just an extension of my like hyperfixation on like on sexuality and like well I guess yeah just general sexology at this point to be honest that's why I keep saying I need to go to college damn yeah (laughs) it's good yeah it's it's, it's good to I don't know um, cultivate your own your interests or whatever Um, yeah I'm always, uh, I always encourage dilettantism, um, but, um, when did you find, like, Omegaverse stuff in this? And I guess, I mean, I guess it seems like it's, like, probably a pretty straight, I mean, I assume that there is, like, Werewolf Omegaverse, that seems pretty, like. Werewolf Omegaverse is, like, kind of a, like, it's kind of, that's the same thing. You're saying the same thing right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, you're, you're it's just all Omegaverse. Yeah, like, you're just doing the same thing twice. Yeah, um, yeah, basically. But um, Omegaverse, like, the only distinction between that and the werewolf stuff is that it takes out the werewolf aspect. That's about it. Right. Okay. Um, there's still, like, really clear aspects of it. Like, the fact that their teeth can extend in some way, that's very big in the werewolf novels. Um, like there's there's a lot of yeah overlap, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, no, actually, I was reading the werewolf novels after I came out for like a good few years before I got into like fandom and then fan fiction, and then I found Omegaverse fan fiction, and I was like, wait, this is just like that other stuff. Okay. Except it's with the characters I'm obsessed with now. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's the fan fiction instead of I don't know. I assume, I assume a lot of that stuff was actually probably well, maybe not probably, but I know there's right like a, a whole industry of people writing writing stuff so, that starts as like fan fiction yeah. that they then just like swap out the character names and like do a little bit. Yeah, of... <laughs> exactly. I assume that some amount of that happens um, in this genre. A, a bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would say like the genre. There's like certain main like areas of not areas, like certain categories of it. Like there's there's the werewolf erotica that's written by adult straight women. There's werewolf erotica written by adult gay men. And then what I found first was werewolf erotica written by 14-year-old girls. Okay. That was the Wattpad stuff. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, like, eventually my taste in writing got too advanced, so I had to stop reading it. <laughs> because yeah. I got, you know, like, I realized, like, these tropes kind of suck, like, the way that they're writing this. Like the the social criticism of it, like it just did not map onto my like my understanding of feminism. It was just sort of gross to me at some point. Right. It's very 
I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, fan fiction often does not survive. Um. Yeah, but actually, well, actually, fan fiction was drastically higher quality than, uh, it, so the Wattpad novels, they were original novels. Oh, they weren't, okay. They weren't fanfic of anything. Um, it was all like original stuff. But okay. fan fiction writers actually are like the quality of the stuff that I found was leagues ahead of any of the werewolf stuff I ever read. Okay. Um, because for the most part, it's written by people who are obsessed with these characters and write and write and write all the time <laughs> instead right. of having okay. like dreams of wanting to be a writer in the future like a lot of them do want to be writers um but some of them just do it for the joy of it um but a lot of the wattpad ones like they really did clearly want to be writers when they were older and i'm sure some of them got there i am certain of it and yeah. I, I mean i've mean, seen it happen wattpad novels getting published yeah yeah i mean and it's writing like anything else is just it's a skill you develop over time just because someone publishes something bad yeah um doesn't mean that they're going to continue to publish bad things in fact it's probably helpful to get your bad stuff out um early yeah exactly i've written my fair share of bad fan fiction for sure yeah i've written my share of bad just i never i've never well uh, i don't know i wrote an adaptation of antigone that was really bad when i was like 21 um <laughs> but uh <laughs> Oh my god, what what was the last thing I wrote? The last thing I wrote was when I was like 17 and it was about well, I mean it was about these um these Chinese gay romance novels. They're really popular now, but back then I was reading them off a of Google Doc that had to be translated by fans. It's actually really jarring seeing like so the uh the author is mxtx if you just look up mxtx author then like that'll show you all the works but like seeing her stuff and like actual bookstores is crazy yeah i believe it that's that's wild i did i have i had a conversation with a friend a couple of years ago where he explained a lot of this sort of like um yeah like the sort of like weird like um i guess media environment um in china around like uh yeah, these, like, gay romance novels, and I don't remember everything from that conversation, but I remember, like... It's a huge topic. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, one thing I remember that was really funny is there's, like, secret, like, fan forums where they, like, yes. share, like, the, like, uh, like, the more explicit, like, like, the, like, what happens after the, the chapter. The extras, yeah. Yeah, like, fades to black or whatever, and you have to, like... Oh my god, there's they, like, so, like... You have to, like, pass quizzes on, like, what's happening in the story to, like, get in so that there's, there's um, not, like, uh, censors or what have you. There's a lot of, like, um, like, so there's, like, media adapt, other different, like, media ad adaptations of these books now. And, like, one of them's a, a Netflix show called The Untamed, and it's based on uh, arguably the most popular MXTX novel. Um it called i i don't know the english name but it's modazushi i'm not pronouncing that right um but like there's extra chapters in that that are just like obscene nothing like that happens in the novel <laughs> and like you can tell that this was not published in public on china and like in china yeah yeah no i've always had like um 
Yeah, so <laughs> what's the I don't know, what's um <laughs> So what does like male omega mean to you now? Like you said that that was like your sort of you offered that as like the sort of like descriptor for uh your yeah. gender at the beginning. What does that so... what does that mean? <laughs> to me, that's essentially like it's it's the closest thing I have to what I like my body type to be. And it is my conceptualization of male omegas, which can go either way. They can have whatever genitals they were born with. But in particular, I tend to prefer the ones that uh, have what I have, essentially. Which is, I have not had bottom surgery. <laughs> I don't right. really plan on it, frankly. But it's, I feel like it sort of stems out of the fact that my dysphoria was always extremely physical. Like, I just didn't have any social dysphoria to speak of um, after I got the, the, like, the physical dysphoria sorted. I, like, realized, like, I don't have any connection to this. Maybe that's why I relate to the completely fictional conceptualization of, uh, of like, these, these males that have... A similar body to mine that does the same things as mine like i'm a very material person in the sense that like like i i don't understand these things for me but for other people like i get that someone identifies as a woman like i get it like that's yeah like i understand gender in in like that sense but for myself it's just like i relate more to media i relate more to like what my body looks like and what I want it to look like. So naturally that's sort of just like moved into the conceptualization of this fictional fictional um male gender that I actually like felt some sort of kinship to because I I was totally repressing um a lot of my feelings about like pregnancy because it was so like physically dysphoric to me that I couldn't think about the the mental parts of it that I like actually you know felt some sort of draw to like being a parent was essentially what that boiled down to to me like being a mother like fuck I want to be a mom you do wait you do or you don't I do <laughs> okay like, is that something that you it, think will actually happen like me getting you... pregnant Fuck no. Okay. Fuck no. <laughs> I got my ovaries removed for a reason. Okay. It's never happening. But like in a perfect world where it didn't affect the structure of my body or my hips or like anything that I didn't want it to change, I would absolutely want to. A hundred percent. And that's what this fictional thing is to me. Like like they can get pregnant and they're still men and they can okay. like occupy that role and like still be seen as male. Okay. But that's not something that's allowed in our society. So I'm I'm sort of just reacting to what I okay. guess what cis people think of me. Okay. I see. Interesting. It's kind of like um yeah, I guess I it's kind of surprised that we didn't really talk about impreg at all because that's like another sort of like mm. oh yeah that's big that's big it's not like exclusively like an, an omega verse thing but that is like a sort of like like there's yeah. there's impreg that isn't omega verse um impreg it's, is just they're a, of a shared origin yeah sure. it's like 
Yeah, extremely. Like I think um Yeah, like specifically uh, Gay Omegaverse because Gay Omegaverse grew out of Impreg yeah. to my to my knowledge and the werewolf stuff. Yeah, and it's just I mean that's just like a sort of I don't know. I feel like what if men could get pregnant is kind of a a lot of people have been kind of fascinated yeah. by that idea for like forever. Um like I honestly I was like really I mean I was obviously like really into Mpreg too, but like really not the sexual side of it all that much, frankly. Okay. <laughs> um, but I realized eventually like I talked to other trans men about these tropes sometimes and they were like, Oh, it makes me so dysphoric. Like I hate that idea. Like ugh. And I would I would like be like kind of ashamed in my head for like the fact you know, that it wanting didn't make you dysphoric. Okay. Yeah, I like. I mean, I felt like a fraud, first of right. all. But now, well, now that I'm eight years into like being trans, it's sort of like nobody can look at me and say that I'm not trans. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I've I don't know. I've proven myself in that respect, I guess. Even though it shouldn't have to be proved, I just. I don't know. I I grew up in in the the time of trans spaces where it was a more valid idea that um that like you should pass or you should want to pass and there was all these like passing tutorials and like the the trans medicalism stuff was just like everywhere like Calvin Guerra all that stuff. Um people don't really sometimes people don't really get how ubiquitous it was back then. So like I yeah. just had all this shame all the time and I was coping with it by like like being you know kind of a, like a trans guy douchebag. Understandable. I don't know. You're also you were also like a teenager, right? Oh yeah. Just like Yeah. I mean, a teenager, teenager who was growing up trans and had a big like bone to pick with everybody because everybody had a bone to pick with me. Yeah, right. I'm sure that the like um yeah, Texas was not yeah a good place for that, and also like yeah, yeah it's just... I definitely had to like present myself a certain way. Like at at one point, I realized like the only way these people will stop assaulting me is if I like actually fight them back. So that that happened, and I I did that, and then yeah, it it decreased, but yeah. it's. I don't know. It was it was weird. It was a lot of like I I don't know how to explain it. So like after I came out, I was a very nonviolent person, but before I came out when I was on estrogen especially, I was wildly aggressive. Like violent to an insane degree. Mm-hmm. Um but then I've definitely, like, I've definitely I came heard out and that from out. From other people i think sort of like a, a kind of compensatory like oh i have to you know yeah yeah that like, and i also think estrogen made me insane yeah i mean i'm I'm sure that also like because yeah. there's absolutely just... a positive side to estrogen but the negative side to it is the emotional dysregulation for me at least yeah i mean i think a lot of trans people report some extent of like emotional dysregulation um that whether how how sort of like chemical that is versus like social mm-hmm. that is 
is kind of connected with the chemical is always kind of a an undecidable question but you hear um you hear like versions of this definitely both i would time. say <laughs> because yeah, as i mean a kid, it, before it, i had any hormones i was like in third grade fighting fifth grade boys <laughs> and like winning for the record i was a gymnast for <laughs> 10 years i like i won every fight i ever picked <laughs> Okay, hell but yeah. <laughs> that, there was a lot of, like, signs. Oh, my God. You're an aggressive eight-year-old. Damn, what the fuck? Oh, no, I was. I, I was in detention all the time. Oh, my God. It was the worst. I was the worst. Such Jesus. a little douchebag. <laughs> How are you eight years old? Oh, my God. I mean, I don't... Well, I mean, like, I had ADHD and, like undiagnosed autism so like oh my god one of my earliest like definitely autistic stories is when we were doing a project in like in fourth grade and um the teacher was talking and i was like hey i call this marker when she says we can get the markers because it was my favorite color and this other kid um like the moment the teacher said okay you can start grab the marker and I had to hold myself back physically from beating the shit out of him. <laughs> like, it was like a very quintessential, like, autistic child rage moment. But I was just aware enough to stop myself. Right. Okay. But, like, I was fuming. Like, my red in the face. Like, oh, my God. It was really bad. But, yeah, no, that, that, uh the the autism definitely ties into the gender for sure like that's it's definitely I, I can tell it's a fixation it's not just like it's not just this thing that naturally grew out of nowhere okay understandable <laughs> i don't know <laughs> this is such a dumb topic i'm so dumb for having this <laughs> Oh, it's fine. I don't know. I mean, I think this stuff's interesting. That's why I asked you on. It's so interesting. You're so right. It's so interesting. But I'm just like, I'm silly for for being okay. this way. <laughs> no, you don't have to apologize. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think what else. What are the other questions pertinent? To, do you have any? Do you have any uh, media recs you want to give? If anyone You're wants right. to go, if anyone wants to go read some Omegaverse, or honestly, I don't because it's okay. really based on what fandom you're in. Okay, whatever, whatever fan, like fandom you like, right? Or like, search up any of them that you like, and then write Omegaverse in the tags, and then and you'll find, and it. then sort by kudos. Then you'll find it. You'll find good omegaverse. Okay. Usually, <laughs> usually. Say, is, is there is it is, is there going to be good? I believe there but is. You, no, you have to you have to be searching around for a while. I've read things that are like the, like honest honest to god as good as like actual published novels, but yeah. it takes a lot of searching for sure. Was it, there was like a there was like a court case a couple of years ago because someone tried to Whoa. trademark. Wasn't there? <laughs> or like it was yes, like a. Was. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting flashbacks. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm trying to like remember. She she wanted to trademark straight werewolf romance, basically. Yeah. <laughs> or like straight no, yeah, straight Omegaverse or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, straight Omegaverse. Oh my god. It was insane. There's there's a Lindsay Ellis kind of, video on it, right? Okay. I maybe, I don't know. It's kind yeah. of a crazy thing to try to trademark. I feel like that's not how that works, but I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not an intellectual property lawyer. I don't Oh my god. Yeah, it's a Lindsay Ellis video. Okay. It says it's into the Omegaverse how a fanfic trope landed in federal court. Excellent. It is a fantastic watch, by the way. And it is so cringe. It is full of cringe. But they were reading out Omegaverse, like, erotica in a courtroom. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) I love our legal system suddenly. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of lore in the in this in all of this bullshit. Yeah, no, I mean extremely. Like I, yeah, we, I mean I'm more familiar with like the previous generation of like sci-fi stuff just because that's what I'm interested in. So it, yeah, mm-hmm. I like I don't know Kirk Spock stuff and and like uh, <laughs> yeah, like the Doctor Who Omegaverse once it was crazy. That is. That is crazy. That's I'm losing it. It was so funny. It was like years ago. I just like I looked at it and I was obsessed with Doctor Who at the time and I was like I'm not reading that. <laughs> it's going to ruin me. <laughs> like I can't see this man like that. Do you know who was who was what? <laughs> was the doctor uh I think it was Tenet or... and he was an omega. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Omega David Tennant. What it is, might have been on fanfiction.net, but I don't remember. Okay. What a concept. Right. <laughs> you know what? He is kind of one. Like, now that I think, I like headcanning <laughs> head Doctor Who. <laughs> characters is omegaverse oh my god no I, terrible okay yeah i i can i can imagine the appeal of that too yeah uh, <laughs> some uh horny whoever the fuck uh yeah it was that was writing that <laughs> yeah um, but yeah like um jesus christ <laughs> um i don't know what the fuck what the fuck else is what, what mean, the fuck else is there? <laughs> we got to my fucked up gender, and we got yeah. to the explanations of Omegaverse, I guess, and like some examples. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I I mean, I guess I could talk about um oh the evolution of Omegaverse. It's changing. Things are getting more. Oh advanced. yeah. So what's 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 the <laughs> what's advancing? What are people um, what are people getting into now? More and more. I've seen uh, fan fictions where they're using they're they're transing the genders, but oh, like yeah, wait, even I think more we were transing about the this, genders. Like, because yeah. 
Alpha to Omega, Omega to Beta, like things like that. Right, like secondary, trans, secondary sexual characteristics. So like as more trans people step into writing the genre, it's erasing a lot of the more, I guess, problematic elements. Like the more trans women that step into the genre, especially um, the less we have really trans misogynistic depictions of female alphas which for the record i don't think female alphas are analogous to trans women in any way socially unless it's a trans woman who's a like a hard dom top i guess but even then it's just not it doesn't map out right and like the more the more we touch this genre the more we question the rules of it and it's become a really interesting exploration of like it's a genre about like naturalizing sexual violence which i think is always going to be pretty like pretty fraught like um yeah it's always gonna there's a lot of like a lot of pain and tension in the genre and bringing transness into that is like i mean it makes it more interesting for sure yeah because i mean like it's always been about like the more disgusting or painful parts of things. So like the trans experience being mapped onto that, it can be really jarring or like intense because like these secondary genders have like really extreme implications and changing them is like, I mean, yeah. It captures the feeling. Right. So like what kind of stories are being told through the idea of like a trans secondary sex because that sounds really because i feel like so much of the secondary sex system is trying to naturalize a lot of stuff that in like either other media or like real life is just kind of like like that's just like character like that's just like who you are there's not necessarily like a biological um or like yeah, it doesn't, so, it doesn't necessarily, like, need an explanation, but... Yeah, it, like, the more people uh, have written about this, like, specifically the more cis people have written about this and, like, developed, um, I guess, more science behind it and more tropes that are attached to it, like, eventually, the like, it just became understood that alphas and omegas have different hormones. And then to a trans person looking at that, it's like different hormones you say i wonder if they could put that in a bottle and change it right i wonder what would happen like it's it's an interesting exploration of this fictional extreme society um and like what i guess what it would mean to change your entire social disposition because these like um the alpha and omega and beta like those things in this universe matter more than the right. primary um primary sex it's not just a sort of like sexual thing i mean like mm-hmm. in some of these in some it's obviously like depends a lot on the specific work but it is pretty common that there's like some sort of um like um what's the word there, there is like usually like a social hierarchy where it's like yeah. the alphas are like sort of like socially 
privileged. I've never seen one ever where they're equal. Never once. Yeah, I've I've heard of like some where there's like uh, the omegas are like socially privileged for like. Um, yeah. Just, oh yeah. I guess, like, I've seen those, but yeah, it's never equal. There's always some like struggle or like different classes. Yeah, like people want to be horny for like social oppression <laughs> and like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Like, um, I. Yeah, I'm it's... thinking now. Oh my god, sorry. I'm thinking about the specific fan fiction that I once read, um, where it didn't exactly they didn't switch their secondary sex at all, but they showed like very obvious nonconformity. Like it was it was an alpha and omega pairing, but like they one of them, the omega had sexual trauma, like crazy sexual trauma, and the alpha had you know some things about him that he was ashamed of and it ended up being that the alpha liked bottoming drastically more than like than topping and the omega drastically preferred topping and it was like a weird shift of like the expectations right and there's also things that involve like alphas and alphas and omegas and omegas like like twisting the genre into something a lot more queer than it started off as right sort of once you have all these sorts of like sets of rules like how do you you know break them or whatever um yeah exactly yeah um okay but yeah no it's it's weird it's cool yeah no i mean it's a very interesting um i don't know i mean the whole idea i think of like this of a like secondary sexual axis i think is very like interesting sort of conceptually um Mm. i think uh it's it's i don't know it seems obvious that that would be like a sort of idea that people would um invest in and then then it sort of becomes a um medium for exploring stuff that you know sort of like has like uh that you know does exist in like a sort of like emotional sense in our world right that there are like people Mm -hmm. that feel like their you know uh sexual tastes don't necessarily match on the way that they're like read by um other people and that that's sort of yeah yeah like who top really like (laughs) really like female alpha shit in my experience Especially, like, straight women who top. Okay. Like, wait, what are you... <laughs> like, straight do you just women mean... who top. Okay, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. I support them. <laughs> I support them. Um, For real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, I think I think that's all I really have to say about the topic, unless you want me to talk about all my fucking theories, <laughs> because boy, do I have theories. I mean, I I know you. <laughs> do you want to talk about theories? Did you read that Google Doc <laughs> that I shared with you? Um, oh, I like I looked at it a little bit. I didn't I didn't read it. Yeah, uh, I didn't read it as much as I honestly should have. I'm sorry. It's kind of like. It's kind of badly written because I did voice to text right. for half of it because I was like really tired. 
Right. But like it was just mostly me bashing on the the most cishet like cornerstones of the genre. Mm-hmm. And like what really pisses me off about it. But I don't know, like <laughs> I I think it's cool that there's more queer involvement in the genre to the point where we have an actual like piece of research or not research is like a what is it like a study I don't know something something that someone did for their university where they uh where they found that trans men really related to omegas <laughs> Wait Some. well what was this what was this study? I'm curious. I didn't see this. It's it was what I used to um to to reference on Wikipedia uh that male omegas can just be born with vaginas. I was like, because all of these trans men relate to that sort of implies that they can do this. I was sort of reaching in that respect, but like I had to get my edit in okay, because wait. I was so fucking mad okay. that it was only female alphas that could have either genitalia um, or like one singular of each. But male omegas, it was like they have to have a penis. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you for that. Uh, I'm here, I'm going to the Wikipedia right now interesting this is that 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 like um that yeah i'm on the wikipedia now the um if you check the edits you can see my mental illness <laughs> in the... the oh my god well it's interesting the, the sort of um the fucking um <laughs> that chart i assume you're talking about the chart right the chart yeah that explains um Okay, here we go. Gender in the pregnant male and fanfiction communities. Okay, so you were the one that attached to this. I um, I was adding the X. I added the X. Okay. There and I um. Okay. Yeah, the... gendering the pregnant male and fanfiction communities PDF. That was what I um. This is the okay. Yeah, I, this no, is like no, a no, survey no. What was it? Someone did for like yeah. A poster presentation yes it was <laughs> it was a little survey it was so funny but i like i was so invested that i actually like i got so pissed off that i sought this out <laughs> okay so that... this, is based on, this is based on hannibal fan fiction this is yeah! so <laughs> like, this is such a this yes! is crazy... <laughs> This is a crazy. Um, <laughs> this is a crazy. There's a lot of Hannibal Omegaverse out there. A lot. I'm telling yeah, you, this is a Hannibal fan. <laughs> I don't really like. I, I know that it's so Hannibal is like based on the Silence of the Lambs, right? I've never seen. Yeah, it's like guy. it's like if Hannibal. Uh, was mega gay and it, it, this investigator who investigated him will graham was also mega gay it was well it was directed by a gay man but okay he didn't even make them fucking canon he made he, he got lesbians in there at least let's go good for them these bitches gay good for them 
but yeah no oh my god hannibal has been at the center of a lot of fandom controversy if you've ever seen a meat symbol and a rainbow emoji next to each other or yeah symbol emoji meat and emoji meat and rainbow emoji next to each other you know what fucking oh my god i can't talk a meat, a meat emoji reference a... to hannibal oh because he's a cannibal and, isn't he a cannibal? and it's uh yeah he's he's a cannibal he eats rude people okay um, but that became the center Happy. of, uh, or I guess the symbol of pro shippers um, versus anti shippers, which is a whole thing. I, oh, I'm too much I've, of a, um, a an adult with a job to care about that, frankly. Yeah, I've intentionally refused to learn about um, those things. Um, I could tell you about it, but it's. <laughs> I'm not telling think, you about it on here. I'm not yeah, explaining it on here. I don't think it's necessary. I know, like, yeah. I, I get, I, I was able to sort of get the gist of it from just yeah. context or whatever. It's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but seems, yeah, no, it's goofy. <laughs> Hannibal, Hannibal has touched many a fan community. Right. <laughs> um, read some okay. Pictures. Do you have any more theories we need to talk about this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, this is, I've, I've pretty much info dumped all I all I can think of right now. I guess. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't. I don't. I can't think of any more questions. I feel like we've uh, kind of explored the. We've we've gotten what we can get out of Omega Verse. I mean, it's it's a fairly straightforward thing. All things yeah, considered. It's, it's just it's, what if we naturalized all this stuff? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What if we romanticized all these insane things and then sometimes made social critique out of it? Yeah. And um yeah. So I don't know. Do you have anything you want to plug? Do you have anything you want to Well, I mean it? my Twitter, I guess. I discourse on there, but I don't know. I think I'm good at it. I think I'm good at discoursing, frankly. So if you ever want to follow me for discourse and thirst traps, I'm really hot, by the way. Please follow me. Uh, trans <laughs> underscore catboy on Twitter. Jolene, confirm. I'm hot, right? You are hot. <laughs> exactly. Follow me. <laughs> no, actually. I I have been life posting on there recently, so if you um if you want to hear about is... my life getting drastically better, I guess. Okay, I was gonna go say, is life posting what I assume it is? At all? I mean, I've been posting about my life. <laughs> okay. About like that's getting out of my depression and, and stuff. That's what I'm. That's why I'm here now. That's why I like reached yeah, out to you, you because were, I was. You were like, well, you were like, what do I read? And I was like. <laughs> sexuality and then testo junkie um those are like sitting on my desk right now right in front of me hell yeah. i'm i just like i'm like waiting for one weekend where i can like just really start but yeah i've been dedicating my weekdays to touching grass recently so that's good i'm thinking a good bit about that touching grass is good touching uh, grass is good but if well i guess if you ever want to hear about the youth transitioner perspective on Twitter. Follow me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's... <laughs> the Southern Youth Transitioner Experience. 
I think I actually, I've had another, I, I have had another Texan trans yes. story that transitioned very young on the podcast. Yes. I watched that episode. Yeah. I, I was like, I was like <laughs> shocked at the similarities between our experiences, except like, I don't know what he said he had to do, but I had to get like four different recommendations for each of my like interventions before the age of 18. Like it seemed like he had an easier time getting through like way long ago than I did now. Which was kind of odd. Kind of interesting though. Yeah, well it might have depended on like what specific medical systems you were interacting with. A lot of this wasn't a lot of that stuff isn't like necessarily or at least until recently wasn't prescribed in the I as much as it was had specialists. By, yeah, like, specific systems. But. Yeah. Like my my therapist was a trans man and who diagnosed me with dysphoria and like all of my the people that I went to were nurse practitioners who specialized in HRT. Okay. But I had to get notes from like my GP and like another like an outside body that like assessed me. It was weird. Okay. Huh. <laughs> There's a, a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of hoops I had to jump through while being like very visibly suicidally dysphoric. Right. And also like sixteen or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I had I held that diagnosis for like three years before they let me do anything at all yeah um, and they didn't even offer me blockers either nobody told me about that until after i was on t you found out about that there were blockers yet yeah <laughs> so i i had like three years of like estrogen puberty while i was identifying as a binary trans man and it was hell <laughs> it was so bad yeah. Like knowing what you are and your body just like saying fuck you about it was crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's I've been there. It's yeah. not great. <laughs> yep. But very, very well, quintessential trans experience. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you again for coming on. And uh yeah, as always, you can support the podcast on Patreon. Um you can uh, Lynn July did our theme music. Uh, listen to more of her stuff at the Bandcamp link below. Um, and yeah, thank you, um, yeah, to Jay for explaining Omegaverse. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me on and tolerating me talking over you every five seconds. I'm sorry, I can't tell when people are done talking <laughs> or about no, to it, talk. <laughs> it's good. It's okay. You were you were great. <laughs> okay, thank you. But yeah, it was fun.